On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. We got a little surprise for you tonight! It is so beautiful to see you! Hey out there, live music fans. Welcome to the fourth chapter of First Concert Memories, the monthly sidecast of the Ugly American Werewolf in London, brought to you by me, Mac B. the Wolf, and I will be joined, as usual, by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson. But our special guest on this show is none other than Sonny Hollywood Pooney, the co-host of Grown Up Rock and Pot of Thunder Podcasts, and is our Pantheon podcast brother, and is also on Album Review Crew once a month with Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. It's a guy who's really passionate about his music, a guy who's seen hundreds and hundreds of shows. And this month, he wanted to talk about the first time he ever saw Ace Fraley. Technically, it was Fraley's Comet, but he wanted to see Ace because he had been such a big Kiss fan, and the image of Ace as a spaceman is just powerful. Jackson and I loved Ace as the space Ace in the Kiss videos from back in the day, and Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park. On the albums, we're lead guitar guys, so we loved Ace, and we were fortunate enough to get to see him together when we lived together in college in the early 90s. And we wanted to talk to Sonny again after we'd had him on last year, talk about White Snake's self-titled 1987 album. That was a fun conversation. It's like, we got to get Sonny back. Let's get him on first concert memories. And he wanted to talk about seeing Ace. And we're going to release this on Halloween. So why not pick a guy who painted his face, right? And then without the face, well, as the boys on Shut Out Loudcast like to call, he kind of looks like a Muppet. He's an interesting character all the way around. And we thought it would blend in perfectly for the Halloween episode and for a live concert review that we have coming out very soon. Hint, hint, you might have even heard Sonny mention it on this show at some point. You'll have to listen for that. Quickly, a little bit of business. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a network of about 100 different shows. You can check them all out at pantheonpodcast.com or follow at Pantheon Podcast. And all you record collectors, look, it's the holidays. You got to get yourself or that special someone something that they want, something they need, something that you can't just get everywhere. And rarevinyl.com is the place. Guys, they have over a quarter of a million items in stock. They're based in the UK. They've been doing this for 40 years, and they're great folks. They take great care to curate this stuff, to make sure they can find it when someone wants it, to get it up on their website, and then to ship it with care all over the world. So you're looking for that hard-to-find kiss item or something from Ace Fraley's catalog, maybe a European version. Go to rarevinyl.com, use code UGLY, you can save 10%. Now, that's a one-time code, so don't just buy one holiday present on there. Do all your holiday shopping on there. Spend a bunch of money and then save yourself a bunch of money. Might get all that shipping knocked right off of there and get it home in time for the holidays. Now, Ace is a legendary character, a legendary guitar player. He's not exactly a legendary performer, although he did great with Kiss in the 70s. Eventually, he did start to deteriorate. So, 
So in the 80s, everyone was kind of curious what was Ace going to be like? And that's why we wanted to have Sonny on the show to tell us about it, because he saw him about six years before we ever did. Now, unfortunately, if you're out there seeing Ace right now and you'd never seen him and you really wanted to check the box, say, hey, I want to see him before he or I die. I'm sorry, you're probably being treated to not that great a show. The guys at his band are great and they do a great job. But Ace's singing is horrible. I think his health has deteriorated on him. And he doesn't really play on time. Not that he ever did, but eh, he may be hurting his legacy a little bit. And we will talk about that here on the show. I'm just glad we got to see him while he was still in some kind of good form with Kiss. And before that, as a solo artist, Sonny's going to talk to us about the first time he saw them here on the West Coast in 1987. Always fun when we get together with Sonny. And this time we're talking about Ace Fraley live on First Concert Memories. I have that shirt. I was going to wear it. Well, I have it, and I am wearing it, and I love the Ace Cult. I love every time they bring it up. <laughs> I have it in black. I love that thing. But check this out, man. I got this laminated, Jackson. Ooh. Oh, is that the original? That is the original. Oh, wow. Th- this that is, is nice. This is the one on spring break, 1993, Sonny, when, because we wow. went to school in Florida, we didn't really go anywhere. We are like, hey, why don't we just stay here? The the, the school has a pool. They got a cafeteria. We got a place to stay already. Yeah, yeah. And we'll just get loaded. And one night, one fateful night after drinking all day, wow. I must have had a case of beer plus maybe smoked a little something. And at the end of the night, I ended up having a conversation with this Ace Fraley poster right here. Wow. All right. And then Jackson woke up because he had the good sense to pass out at like, you know, two wow. in the morning or something like that. Yeah. He's like. Who are you talking to? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm talking to Ace. Yeah. Go back to bed. <laughs> and at that point in time, I think I was like, that sounds reasonable. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> or you remember those, um, the kiss bus you could get from Spencer's? The bus? Yeah, the bus that you could get. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So I have an Ace one there. And he looks like Mr. T because every <laughs> necklace I've ever gotten, any backstage pass, mm-hmm. he's wearing van halen y and t like he he's got on probably 15 20 25 chains nice that's where i put them when when i buy them or i find them somewhere and who were you uh who have you been seeing recently there sonny uh let's see last show i saw was oh i just saw kiss night in vegas in vegas kiss night yeah so there's a um so every year they've Mm -hmm. done it for uh, they skipped a couple of years. One was because of COVID or whatever, but I think this was the eighth one. Okay. So there are Vegas musicians that mm-hmm. get together and do Kiss songs at Count, Counts Vamped in Vegas, and it's a benefit. All the proceeds go to Vegas schools to buy instruments for kids. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So Bruce came. He did a few songs. Todd Howarth was there. He did a few songs. Cool. So these guys, you know. The Vegas guys, they're all uber talented. Like they're in fifteen different bands. They're in right. They play Rock anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're 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 grinders, right? They work anywhere that they can. Right. And Danny Coker owns the club, so Coker's always hooking them up. So that's nice, the last thing I saw. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got these really well thought out, super well researched questions, but yeah, I, yeah, I feel like we can jive a little bit with Sonny Pooty here. Jackson, yeah, yeah. What you whatever think? you want, whatever you want. <laughs> Because we saw him together when we were living together, right? Was that freshman year or sophomore year? That was sophomore year, wasn't it, Jackson? Yeah, I believe so. I think I've got, is the date here? Dun, 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 the dun, station dun. in Orlando. 
Correct. This so looks 93? like it was three. Yeah, March thirteenth, nineteen ninety three is what I found. Okay, but you're beating us by like six years here, man. And you oh, saw yeah, him yeah. with one of your favorites, Y and T. That's right. And I want to hear a little bit more about that because I'm like a lot of guys out there that don't know much about Y and T. And when I heard you guys do them on album review crew, I was living in in Amsterdam or I was living in Harlem, I guess, near Amsterdam at the time. I remember walking along the canal one day. I'm like, well, this is actually pretty damn good. How come? How come more people don't listen to Wyatt? Yeah. Or how come I don't know more about them? But there's always going to yeah. be bands like that. So we we appreciate you educating us. Yeah. So you want to know about Wyatt? So they're a Bay Area band. They've been a- around since the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. They just could not get a break. Like they got on London Records at the beginning. London Records didn't know what to do with them. Then finally they get on AM and then AM didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Then finally they get a break at geffen right as white snake and gnr are starting so they, <laughs> right. they can't get a break there either so they ended up i called them the kicks of the west coast because okay. on the west coast nobody knew who kicks was because uh-huh. kicks had the same problems just the other side of the coast on the east coast right? yeah so the only thing anybody knows about Y and T is "Summertime Girls," and I hate that goddamn song because that's not the only Y and T song. Right? It's not totally representative of what they do either. I mean, it's you know, yeah. it's, it's not bad, but it's not like if I want to listen to Y and T based on the album you guys listen to, I'm like, well, that's that's different. I mean, nothing wrong with it, but that's its yeah. own thing. And by the time that I saw Y and T for the first time, it was uh, Halloween '86. Okay, so and eight months, ten months before you saw him here with with Ace a couple times. That's again. right. Yeah, okay. that's right. And I've seen Y and T now almost fifty times. So holy shit! And they had a like a fifteen year break in there where they didn't play. But anyway, I see him in uh, Halloween '86, and mm-hmm. I I had gotten into music like uh, summer of '84. So. You know, see the Heavens on Fire video, kind of dive into Kiss. My first album purchase had Kiss records in it. And I'm st- slowly getting into Kiss, slowly getting into Kiss. And then you hear about, and I'm into 80s Kiss because that's all I know, right? right? So then you hear, oh, there's 70s Kiss, and they used to paint their faces. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, so you would see a bootleg here or there. So I'd seen just a little bit of Ace in the 70s on some bootlegs and stuff okay and halloween 86 y&t comes on stage and dave medichetti's playing the sunburst you gotta remember i'm 16 years old like i don't know i figure everybody who plays that kind of guitar all sounds the same right right (laughs) i don't know right and i'm not a guitar player so medichetti starts playing i'm like ace don't play like that So that immediately got me, it was a Kiss connection that kind of got me into Y&T. I'm like, oh, well, they play the same guitars. They must be just as good. They must be Kiss fans. And Dave is, you can't get farther away from a Kiss fan. He didn't do shit about Kiss. <laughs> um, so I was, you know, they were barrier. You know, when you're a kid, you kind of find this home band that all the members live basically 15 minutes away from you. Yeah. They're they're in the movies because they were in Real Genius, right, with Summertime Girls, and you're thinking that there's the biggest rock band on the planet that lives in your backyard. You can see them anytime. Pretty cool. Um, and it fit in with everything else I was listening to in the mid-'80s. Yeah. So that's kind of how it got into Y&T. Loved Real Genius, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, who is that band? Yeah. Y&T. I'm like, 
Yeah. I mean, there, there is always something to be said for, like you said, it's the local band. You know, like right. they're not LA, they're not New York, they're yeah. from where you are. Yeah, there is something pretty cool. But yeah, even on satellite radio, you're you're only going to get summertime girls. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and they've got such better songs. And when I meet somebody from the Bay that maybe I don't know, and hey, what kind of music you like? Oh, I like melodic hard rock. Oh, so you like Y&T? Who's Y&T? I'm like, dude, you're not from the Bay Area then. Exactly. <laughs> you moved like, there <laughs> to go be a dot-com <laughs> asshole, and you don't know, right? <laughs> but I had Lucky there. I mean, I had Night Ranger. I had Y&T. I had mm. Sammy Hagar. I had Journey. Like, I, I, was a, I had Eric Martin. Like, these guys were anything they did, you would think would be number one everywhere. Yeah, San Francisco is a great rock town, but it's not, it doesn't get the spotlight that the LA does, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but th- not that they don't deserve it, but that's just kind of the way it goes. All right, well, let's, let's go through some of the boring stuff, like the, you know, the sixth grade, who, what, where, when, why, how kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. The first yeah. six, your date, venue, city location, artist, band, tour, and then you could describe the venue which I believe was Arco, isn't that where the Kings play? Yeah, so I got lucky enough. We're going to really talk about August 18th, 87, Arco Arena, Sacramento, California, the artist band. So on the ticket, it says Ace Fraley's Comet. It does not say Fraley's Comet. And, of course, the Y&T's bigger because Y&T's a headliner. And they were doing a co-headlining tour. So depending on where they were in the country, Ah. Ace headlined or Y&T headlined. Like the Black and Blue Tour with Black Sabbath and Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Okay. And then they had the shittiest band on the planet open forum, Faster Pussycat, a.k.a. <laughs> Ass Pollution. So um, so Ace is touring his debut album. And Arco, yeah, Arco's where the Kings play. You know, you can seat 17,000, mm-hmm. probably about three quarters full. Y&T's driving a lot of that because it's, you know, close to the Bay Area. It's local, yeah. That's on Tuesday. I saw him again on Friday. In Oakland, right? At it, yeah, Kaiser Auditorium, same bill. It's on a Friday now. And I lived in the Bay Area, so you could do a lot of this because Sacramento, Fresno, Mountain View, Oakland, literally LA. San like Jose. You could go, yeah. Reno, San Jose. Like you could go to a lot of different shows if you wanted to, if you wanted to follow the band around your area. And I did that a lot as a kid. Kaiser's a little bit different, only seats 10,000s, a lot of symphony type stuff. Okay. Um, and they would have rock maybe, you know, once or twice a month. But like when the grunge movement came, Kaiser wasn't really the place they went to. Like Kaiser basically dumped all that rock stuff after that. But Gotcha. So, yeah, I got to see him twice in, what, four days? That's awesome. And, and we would do a little bit of that in Florida just because when we lived in Orlando, you're pretty yeah. centrally located, right? So if you want to see someone there and Tampa or there and Jacksonville or Gainesville, Miami's a little bit of a haul. Like, you know, maybe you do that for a big band like the Stones who aren't going to play everywhere, but I'm envious of that totally. I mean, the San Francisco rock scene, there's so much good stuff going on. Like you say, yeah, you want to drive an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, you got a lot of good venues that people show up to. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in our, I mean, I'm in 87. I have not turned 18 yet. So I'm 17. Gotcha. So yeah. who did you go with to the show? So I went with a friend of mine named Curtis. We had just started a rock band, and we were going to take the world by storm. We were looking for a lead guitar player at the time, (laughs) and we would go to all these shows. And I think part of it was we wanted to go to these shows to see if we could do it, right? To see what are the professionals look like. Is that even doable? Oh, I see. (laughs) When you go to a pro basketball game, Right. Right. Like what those guys are doing doesn't seem doable. Right. No. 
But <laughs> when you go all. to a, if you watch a golf match, what they do seems doable. You just can't practice enough to get the final get 20 strokes off. That's right? right. Yes. But it does feel doable. So we would go to these places and we're like, oh, well, that maybe we could do something like this. And <laughs> nice. we were just kind of starting out. So Curtis and I went to a lot of these shows together. And what did you two play? Curtis was a lead singer and he dabbled in guitar, but he really played drums. Okay. I was, I grew up on brass instruments, but I played piano a little bit. Okay. So I was trying to do keyboards. I, I had no talent. I, I <laughs> this was a straight up pipe dream. That's all that was. Curtis has talent. I yeah. did not. How close did you get? I mean, with all your research and everything. Yeah, we got uh, we got close enough to record a couple of demos. Oh, cool! Feel you know, feel what the recording studio feels like. There was a friend of a friend of a friend from Geffen that <laughs> uh, we played for. I think we drove down to like Half Moon Bay or something, or maybe it was maybe it was Santa Cruz. Played for this guy, and I remember him saying, uh, "You back there." You have talent. All you other guys, I don't know. You guys might want to fight. <laughs> and he pointed to the lead guitar player that we had just got. And just I was like, oh, well, up. that probably makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I admire you, Sonny, for chasing your dreams, no matter how far-fetched they might be. And, well, yeah, man. I mean, look, you good-looking Hollywood types don't need to be talented, too. You know, that's yeah, not well, fair you know, when that happens. Yeah, you that's know, how it goes. Yeah. God gives us all our our little you know roles to play in this world and uh, yeah yes we're, we're glad you're here with us so yeah but we jackson ours was more like a bar when we saw ace and it wasn't fraley's comet it yeah. was you know ace fraley in 93 and i guess trouble walking was still the most recent yeah it would have been he had done yeah yeah had we been there before i was trying to remember that i think we that saw was steve the first i there but i can't remember was that first or was that that was definitely first because I gave that to you for your 19th birthday. And I said, okay, here's a second one. I'm coming too. Okay. And then okay. the next year, we like as sophomores, we went to CAs. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't remember which one was which. But yeah, I mean, it was, I remember when we got there, I'm like, this is really cool. And they had, because the, it was small. Yeah. And you, yeah. you didn't have to really fight to get up close to the stage. And they had a lot of, it was either people on the way up or people on the way back yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the guys, like, I think one of them was, like, Living Color. Now they're on, their like, their third record, and no one's really, yeah. oh, I remember them, and they've yeah. showed up. And, you know, the one-offs, I think Zach Wilde played there with Pride and Glory, I think. His, his, uh. He was coming up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his one-off yeah. thing. So it was stuff like that, but it was, it was a rock club. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't take long for Ace to find the clubs, because when I saw him the, after this tour, the mm -hmm. next time I saw him was in April of 90, and he was already in the clubs. Mm. I found that, you know, uh, endearing. <laughs> now, you said in your email, Sonny, that that was the more interesting story, the 1990 show. Yeah, because he fell off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Way, way. So at that time, um, my closest friend, his name is Tony. He was the lead guitar player the guy pointed to and said, hey, you're the only one that's talented. Okay. He went with me to the show, and we saw them back-to-back -back nights because he played two clubs that were very close, one in San Francisco, one in Oakland. Okay. Lord Tracy opened. Lord Tracy absolutely blew them off stage. You don't have wow. Todd anymore. Now you got Richie Scarlett, right? Right, right. And Ace is hammered. This is the first <laughs> time Tony's ever seen Ace. Tony's a huge Ace guy, and dumbass falls off the stage. Oh, my God. Right? And I'm just like, really? <laughs> so, like, Tony's like, I'm never seeing Ace again. I'm, I'm done with that guy. <laughs> like, and, you know, Ace, 
just, you know, the demons get to you after a while. I guess, you know, you've been through it all. I've never been a musician, so I don't know. I'm sure that what's in front of you and what's all around you is probably so easy to get that it's hard to turn down, I would think. Yeah, yeah. We've all had our battles with uh, with the solution there. And yeah. yes, my, my second time that I saw Ace was at Janie Lane's Sunset Strip in Orlando down mm-hmm. on Church Street. And I had to go with a guy I lived with after Jackson, a guy named Mike. So he was a year younger than me. He didn't have an ID, so he couldn't even get in the club. It wasn't even like oh. 18 and under, like you had to be 21 to get in. So I go in by myself, and I got nobody there with me. So I end up getting pretty schnockered, you know, I'm like getting hammered. And then halfway through the show, some guy's like talking to me like in my ear, and I didn't know if he was trying to tell me something or he's trying to kidnap me. I'm like, ah, I'm getting a bad ju- juju here. So I leave. I go about out the back, and then I walk around the corner, and there's a guy sitting there with a van, and he's painting on like the window of like an empty storefront or something like that. I'm like, what are you doing here, man? He's like, no, nah, I'm Ace's driver. I- I'm, I'm going to drive him to the hotel after the show. I'm like, no way. So I sit out there and smoke with the guy for like an hour. Ace doesn't come out because he's still doing his show. And eventually I flagged down a cab. I said, oh, shit, I don't have any money. She pulls over. She's like, get the fuck out. I'm like, no, 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 wait. Just take me to the ATM by my college, please. I will pay you money, I swear. And then she did. And I'm like, here, take your money. And then I walked the rest of the way home. So that was, I didn't fall off the stage. But I was pretty, <laughs> I, I, I was doing my best Ace impersonation on my second Ace show ever. Have you ever seen him besides that night, Jackson, other than in Kiss? No. Yeah, not solo, no. That was the only one. And based on I mean, I think I would have again. I just didn't I just didn't have the uh the opportunity didn't present itself. Because I mean from what I remember, it was a pretty good show. He seemed like he was pretty lucid the whole time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) At that point you gotta say, you know, he's young enough to be functioning, right? Yeah. Because I I saw a ninety three show in June at the stone so that might have been the same tour cycle you guys saw he was hammered that was the night i was like all right i am done with it i love ace to this day ace is my guy but i'm like that's it i'm not spending any more money on this dude i am done with that guy and i didn't see him again (laughs) until well when kiss came yeah i'm with you there all right so all right so a couple things how did you get there did you drive did curtis drive and what was your pregame ritual you're still pretty young then you probably weren't getting hammered well, first of all, how do we get there? I can't remember it for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I drove because Curtis, <laughs> drummer, <laughs> he had a rusting red Plymouth Valiant that had a hole in the fucking trunk. Oh, God. <laughs> so I doubt that we he drove. My mm. guess is I drove. <laughs> Pre-game ritual, just like you said, we're young, so we're not getting hammered. Like if mm. we were working, man, we were experts in changing in the car. I don't know mm-hmm. how much you guys change in the car, but that was usually a pregame ritual. We were big about listening to the band. I think people feel weird about this, but listening to the band on the way there, a lot yeah. of people don't like doing that. We would listen to the band there and listen to the band on the way back. Absolutely. That's yeah. what you do, man. Yeah. You got to gear yeah. up and get ready. Then your show, you're at the show and then you're psyched when you get out. You want to hear it all again. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, people yeah. who think it's weird to listen to them on the way in, they're weird, man. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, you know, you yeah, listen yeah. to classical music to relax you before the big gig. Come on, man. Yeah. And then the other pregame thing, I'm a gambler. Curdy could be at times. Tony can be at times. So yeah. we would do this whole, because we were all kiss nerds. 
What do you think he'll open with? Do you think he's going to do any Kiss songs? What do you think the encore will be? <laughs> right. Put money on it. We were doing that on the Kiss Cruise. What do you think Todd Kearns is going to sing first? You know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I cheated have... on. I cheated on the Kiss Cruise. I texted Todd. Said, "Hey, what are you guys opening with?" He said, "Excited." <laughs> oh. I bet Exciter. <laughs> awesome son and what do you know you won yeah we we used to do that we had, it wasn't money but we would do that we would give odds we, yeah what do you think you know what do you think they're going to play which one especially especially with somebody like ace where it was like would they, would he play kids songs and which ones do you think right are you thinking rocket ride oh yeah rocket ride <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. oh yeah that's that's two to one you know but but you know what about uh I don't know, you know, something off Dynasty, you know, you're thinking, yeah. eh, I don't know about that. I give that like 20 to one, you know, but no, we, <laughs> you're still a gambler to this day, aren't you, Sonny? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just spent four nights in Vegas. So. Oh yeah. Hey, this is Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order 
plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, was it more that you wanted to see Y&T or was it like it's bonus that Ace is also there? Uh, the bonus was Y&T. Okay. We wanted to see Ace mm-hmm. and we knew that there was a, for some reason, I wanted to see Faster Pussycat too. I don't know why. I had never seen them. So sure. when I saw him, we saw him the first night, the second time we, the second night we went, I'm like, we're not going early. That was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> we had not ever seen Ace, right? This was Ace's coming back. And after watching Into the Night video on MTV and all that, and we had seen Y&T a couple of times, it was a bonus that he was going to be touring with Y&T. And yeah. we will also, we didn't know on the way there, although Y&T was bigger on the ticket, we didn't technically know who was headlining. So we were taking bets on who was headlining on the way there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and was it Y&T that headlined? It was Y&T both okay. nights, yeah. Both nights. Yeah, it should be, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. it should be. It's yeah. But, you know, I doubt in New York Y&T was headlining. I bet you're right. Yeah. Guarantee so. it. See, well, the set list is, well, I mean, obviously when you were an opening act, your set list is going to be a little abbreviated for what you might do as a headliner there. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that. Where were your seats? Uh, were they good, bad? Yeah, so... On the Tuesday that we went at the Arco, we were on the floor about 20, 30 rows back. The ticket price, $17.50 with $2 in fees, by the way. On the Kaiser Auditorium night, there's seats up in kind of like the bowl up there. Mm -hmm. And Oakland Coliseum was the same way. But it's general admission on the floor. Anytime we could get general admission on the floor, that's what we went with. Really? When we were young, we wanted to be on the floor because... I wanted to pick, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted stuff that they threw out. I didn't want to be sitting in the seat somewhere. Now there's no way I'd go to Of course. I'm with you. Sit up there. <laughs> I want to sit up at the tippy top and take shots at, dude, what note did he just hit? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm 54 now. So it's yeah. different now. But then we wanted to be general admission as much as we could. But we had good seats at Arco for sure. That's awesome. When what was the sound like? I mean, it- it's built for it's built to do basketball mostly, but I mean yeah. they got a lot of shows through there over the years. Oh, Arco has always had great sound. It was built to be a concert arena. Def oh, Leppard in the round played there, like Motley Crue and all the tours played there. Like they had everybody. So the sound, I don't think I've really ever been in a arena type setting where the sound was bad. I've been at some clubs where the sound was bad or sure. just too loud. Like, I'll never go see Slaughter again because the shit's just too loud. Interesting. 
But I'm always wondering about the energy. And dude, you go to a Y and T show; those guys are homers. The energy oh, yeah. is unbelievable at a Y and T show. And I remember the energy being good at both shows. And there was a lot of people there for Ace, even though he was opening, because I think people wanted to see what Ace was all about on the way back. Well, right. I mean, for those who don't follow Kiss and Ace as closely as some of us do, I mean, this was Ace's first yeah. solo. I mean, after he left Kiss, he just was out of the picture for about five years there, right? Eddie Trunk loves to mention the fact that he signed Ace Fraley, right, to Megaforce Record. My first signing in the business. And like, yeah, Ace will be good. Ace is back on his feet. And here we go. Your rock soldiers and all this great stuff. Now, did you have the record before you went? Did you have the most oh, recent record? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Because I remember spinning it going, uh, that's not a singing. I heard <laughs> right? Into the Night. That's a singing. <laughs> Who's that other dude? Right? Because nobody knew anything about Todd. Nope. But that voice is amazing. I just saw him nine days ago, and he sounded amazing. Really? He still got it. Yeah. He still got it. Well, and the Ace great shape, too. <laughs> well, Ace, Ace hasn't had it in a while. So. Ace doesn't, you know. Yeah, that's cool. So, that, but that, see, that's cool though because when we get into Kiss, because we're we're just about four years younger than you are, yeah. yeah. So we kind of get into them a little bit in high school, but I'm already starting to reminisce about the makeup years because I remembered it when I was a kid. But, you know, the demon's kind of scary and you know I don't yeah. know all their music or whatever. And then by the time I start to get into music in 1982. They're, that era is gone. Them being on MTV, taking up their makeup was a big deal. I remember watching that live at my buddy Carl's house. But but then it was kind of different. It wasn't quite the same thing. So then in the late 80s and early 90s, when we start to get into Kiss, and Jax and I get Kiss Alive 2 when we live together in college, and we start to dive in, oh, you know what? This is pretty damn good, actually. And, and watching stuff like uh, Kiss Exposed, yeah. You know, and then eventually the extreme close-up came up. We're like, then we were way into Kiss. So then when Ace is coming, yes, we got to go. But you had this chance to see him, you know, the first time in years, first time without his makeup. Yeah. I mean, as far as we do, right? Uh, so that must have been pretty special. You must have been pretty psyched about that. Oh, absolutely. Exposed had just came out. It came out May of that same year in 87. Okay. Right? So, wow. So I had just seen just hints of Ace, right? And then the only thing, the only other things I'd seen is the Into the Night video. Mm -hmm. And then if you remember, he did a Laney ad where he was wearing this shirt and there was aces stapled to his shirt. Have you ever seen that ad? Never. And he's got the, he's got the AF40 washburn. It's a Laney ad. He's, he's got the washburn with him. And he was wearing this like black kind of jacket, but then he was wearing a shirt where he'd stapled aces. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, did he staple Aces of his shirt. <laughs> right? So the guy was just weird and eclectic and a, always a little off. And for whatever reason, I identified with that guy. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't identify with Gene. The demon thing, it's cool and all. Yeah, I yeah. got you, whatever. And then with Paul, Paul's doing things I can't do, right? So Paul's on a different planet, and the cat never interested me. So I, exactly. I was an ace guy the whole person. way. Yeah, no. Yeah. We, we always were, too, right, Jackson? We're lead guitar guys, right? We're like, you know, Eddie Van Halen, Jimmy Page, Joe yeah. fucking Perry. You know, those are those are the posters we had on our wall. So it's like, when it comes to Kiss, who's your favorite? It's Ace, no doubt. 
God bless you. And if you go back to the uh, the exposed video, there were a couple of uh, shots of him, and I think there was one where they, he showed the the not flamey but smoking guitar, yeah. and then they were also talking to like they didn't speak very highly of him. Both yeah. Paul and Gene were like, "Well, you know, he had problems." And I'm like, "Well, he actually sounds pretty cool. Like he played the guitar, and you threw him out because he was a crazy person." Yeah, there's something about that yeah. that is intriguing. And that endeared him to me more because now he's the underdog on top of everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And these two bullies keep talking shit about him. <laughs> right. And so that that only endeared me more and more and more. Yeah. And Ace liked the party. And I got to tell you, in college, Jackson and I could get after it, man. And that's what we were into, you know. And like Gene's like, I never drink. I'm like, well, that's kind of boring, dude. I mean, I mean, I, either, I respect right? you. Well, he doesn't much. I mean, they're not party guys. And Gene is Mr. Business all the time, you know. And yeah, I'm like you, Peter. I'm like, I'm a dog person. I don't really get the cold cat thing anyway, you know. So now um, let's bring up something real quick. The famous quote. I'll let you finish this. What did he say when they asked him if he was drunk when he, uh, or no, if he was loaded when he crashed the DeLorean? <laughs> I was beyond loaded, was his quote, <laughs> I do believe. I can't believe the DeLorean was running. Yeah. I'm thinking it was, I think it was sitting still and somebody hit him. <laughs> it's possible. But I remember like being, we would always get like Guitar Player Magazine. Anytime there was an Ace interview or even an Ace pullout poster and they may give you the tab for like an old Kiss song. I'm like, dude, we got to buy this, you know, and then we would read the article and then we would commit it to memory. It was like those videos that we would watch a thousand times over. We'd read the articles a bunch of times and then put the poster up on the wall. And it's like, I remember that stuff is clear as day whereas i can't tell you what i had for lunch yesterday right? you know like <laughs> but also too at that time like that early 90 early 90s like pantera was big also in guitar magazine and dime bag was a huge love days yeah. right so that was all, like it reinforced and you're like well if this guy like loves like you know he's got the sticker on the guitar he's got yeah. the tattoos like something's going on here people they, this they're drawn to this character yeah, I remember another quote from one of those. It was like, I don't know who it was. I'm going to say the wrong person. But it was someone on the level of like an Alex Skolnick or somebody like that. It was like Daryl and somebody else like an Alex, probably not him, but but like that. And they're kind of almost interviewing Ace in the magazines. Like, Ace, do you know theory? Like, you talk about the theory for things that like the new players would know, like the Jason Beckers would know. He's like, man, I don't know shit from Shino. <laughs> like, that's my boy Ace right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right so can we we don't have even though these questions are just genius on every level i don't think we have like set list what was the set list but i, I do you've got it so why don't oh, we talk yeah. about it a little bit yeah yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the set list for oakland although i have the set list for sacramento also it's similar but just a little different Okay. But I have the Oakland show as a uh, bootleg on audio. And you mm -hmm. sent it to us. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to the whole thing and I'm like, oh, there was something. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, of course, walk out to Fractured Mirror. You got to remember, it's only a 60 minute set because he's, he's, he's technically support. Yeah. He's yeah. technically support. They go in to rip it out. That makes sense. And it goes straight into Stranger in a Strange Land. And I remember, because we're in Oakland and we're in general admission, we're on the floor, yeah. a fight breaks out. Really? And he, after Stranger in a Strange Land, he's like screaming at people, stop this fighting. Stop it right now. Right? Whoa. And he was 
pissed. So before he that, fell off the stage, he was pissed. Well, that was three years <laughs> later. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so they go from uh, him, you know, getting all that situated to something moved, mm-hmm. which Todd sings. Obviously, they go to Cold Gin, and the fight is still going. So now he's trying to get all of the security to get this fight going, and he wants to get to his thing, you know, about a cocktail, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, like he was doing some of the things that Paul used to do, but not totally Paul, right? right? And then, you know, riding that toggle switch before actually starting in the cold gym, which I thought was the coolest thing ever, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Next time I ran on the subways in New York City when I was just a kid. It's about a cocktail, you know, something to drink, something cold. You know what I'm talking about? I can't hear you. I can't hear you! So wait, okay. So wait, let's just jump back for a second, though. Describe yeah. to me where you and Curtis are relative to the stage. Where is Ace versus Todd on the stage, and then where is the fight going on? Yeah. So the fight is happening in front of John Regan. Okay. Todd is so if I'm face, we're center Ace, and we're probably about six rows back. Mm-hmm. And then you know just. Like a fight starts and then the circle starts and people start pushing each other. And I was a big enough guy to where I just put my arm out. And if somebody pushed against us, we didn't move. You know, that kind of thing. Because I'm on the outside of the circle kind of thing. And that's, I think, the security guard ended up throwing some people out. But that's it happened in front of Regan is where it was happening. And And I don't know if it was over a pick. I don't know what it was about. Interesting. Because Regan was still with him when we saw him, Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, so he's trying to do his crowd work, trying to be cute about order a drink, yeah. uh, but yeah. the fight's still kind of going on. Now, does he sing Cold Gin or does Todd do it? He sang Cold Gin. Okay. He sang Cold Gin. And then they go to New York Groove, which, of course, you get the light-up guitar, right? Nice. So it's like, that's all nice. And, you know, he did the back. Oh, wait a minute. Where are we? And then they did the back to the Oakland Groove because he would do that. <laughs> They go into into the night, and then they go into breakout. And for some reason, he's got to tell people he was in jail. I don't know why he was telling people he was in jail, but <laughs> so of course Todd sings breakout, and then you get into shock me, which I thought was interesting. It's Todd is telling the story about Ace getting electrocuted. I'm like, I, I don't know why, and That's I don't weird. know if it was because Ace is off stage getting his guitar that he's got to do the smoking guitar solo with. So maybe that's the way to waste the time, I guess. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, now that I'm thinking about it, right? Yeah, and he, was um, he wireless or was he plugged in or do you remember? I don't remember, but okay. I don't think I've ever seen him plugged in, actually. Okay. So my guess is he's got an 80 or something, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. 
So they do shock me, and uh, of course they do the smoking guitar solo after that. So awesome! But was Anton the drummer uh, live? No. No. no, so you're getting at this point you're getting Billy Ward because Anton did not tour, right? Because he's on David Letterman, he's got a very yeah, nice yeah. gig, you know. Yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. you got Billy, you got Billy, and did he do the rip it out drum parts perfect at the beginning? No, I'm kind of a nerd about that. Like <laughs> you can do the song near the drummer, like you got one job. Can you do the four things you're supposed to do right? Like, come on, dude, can't be that yeah. hard, <laughs> right? But whatever. Oh, well. Uh, and if you ever listen to Live Live Plus One that got released in '88, yeah, that's Billy doing it too, and he jacks it up then too. <laughs> gotcha. Because I here's the thing, man. When CDs came out, and we were in high school, late '80s, early '90s, even into yeah. college, a fifteen dollar CD is a bit of an investment, man. Oh yeah. You know, you don't just go buy CDs unless it's a band you love or it's like. It's something you really know you're going to want to have for a long time. And I was always curious about ACDs, but I'm like, 15 bucks. And even Live Plus One was probably like 13 Like, they give you a little yeah. bit of a discount, but not really. And that would be something that I might get on cassette to take a flyer on, because maybe that's only 8 bucks. But so I never had any of them for the longest time. It wasn't until... We lived together that I finally picked up Ace Fraley, and then we got Trouble Walking because I was like, uh, all right, well, he's coming. Let's see. And we like Trouble Walking a lot, I love Jackson. that record. Yeah. Love yeah, it. but love that, it. Was a, that was definitely a bargain bin find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely got it used, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. It's not hard to find Ace Fraley records in the used bins <laughs> at record stores around America, I'll tell you. But you're right. That's, that's actually not a bad record when you listen to the whole thing. Now, what happens after the Shock Me guitar solo of course, you know, I don't know what's happening within the band, but <laughs> in Sacramento on Tuesday, they did Rock Soldiers after Shock Me, and then they did Deuce. Oh, wow. But okay. then in Oakland, after Shock Me, they did Calling to You, and Todd was singing. So my guess is either they were switching that up, or it just depends on if Ace feels like singing Deuce, because they didn't do Deuce at the Oakland show. Right. right. So they went from Calling to You to Rock Soldiers. And then, you know, Rock Soldiers is obviously the anthem. And yes. then the encore was Rocket Ride. So, I mean, if you think about it, Rip It Out, Stranger in Strange Land, Something Move, Cold Gin, New York Groove, Into the Night, Breakout, Shock Me, Calling to You, or Deuce, depending on which one you saw, Rock Soldiers and Rocket Ride, that's a pretty good set list. I agree. I, I was I was digging it, man. I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. Now, but when you say at the beginning, Fractured, they come out to Fractured Mirror. That's right. They're walking just- out. It's playing. They're they're tracking that in, and they're just that's right playing it through yeah. the PA. He doesn't do any yeah. of that live. No, no, no. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Now I wonder because it seems to me that I'm and I'm on setlist.fm just trying to figure out as far as the nights when he may have headlined. Yeah. Were they doing more songs? Or, and you would think so, but I'm just yeah. not seeing any. And maybe people only caught him as a. And who put it in here caught him as an opening act only. Oh. I don't know, but I'm not seeing anything that has other than those those tracks in it. So I don't know if he he tried to do it longer or what. But I mean, there's New York. There's no New York set list. Massachusetts. It's the same. So I'm not because sure. you can you can run the solo a little bit longer. You throw a drum solo in there. You get an hour ten out of it. You tell Y and T to play an hour ten. Tell Faster Pusscat play forty minutes. And you got a triple bill that probably works. There's your show. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. All right. So what was your, of those songs that they played, what yeah. was your favorite 
live that you remember like that was it that was the highlight of the night we get all the way to the end the encore's coming and i'm like they're not gonna do rocket ride like we came all the way here mm-hmm. and they're not gonna do rocket ride and he goes it could be the encore why the hell would a rocket ride be the encore and thank god it was <laughs> we about to throw a fit <laughs> yeah because i love that song there there was something about that flange pedal that the way he plays that beginning mm-hmm. that always got me it was different right it was spacey it was yeah unique. and uh i've always loved that song it's one of my favorite it's my one of my favorite a songs if i had a choice i wish he would have done speeding back to my baby and all this because i love that song too but you know can't have everything it's really Interesting. All right. So what was your favorite moment though? And it could be that song, but was it when the smoke came out of the smoking oh, yeah. guitar? Yeah. The smoking guitar. And I, you know, there was no way for me to get a pick at Arco because we were too far back. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get a pick at uh Oakland. I didn't get it. But I did get it at the stone in nineteen ninety. He scraped, he popped that the pickup and threw mm-hmm. the pick right into my head. I still mm-hmm. have it. <laughs> nice that's beautiful that's awesome oh, is it a sweet. is it a custom pick at all like does it have anything from him on it it just name? says fraley's comment on one side and then his signature oh, okay cool that's it yeah that's the way it ought to be yeah no that was had to be the same for us like we were waiting for it like he's gonna bring yeah. out the smoking guitar right mm-hmm. yeah. he's gonna do it during shock me and that wasn't that far from where that happened right i mean that happened in lakeland florida which is that's not even an hour south of Orlando, is it, Jackson? Yeah, and it's it's. I don't. Did he? He didn't. Did he tell the story? I don't even remember now whether he did or not. He I did. Mean, not. I know that we. I know that we knew it by then, but I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember him saying that. I don't remember a whole lot of crowd work, honestly. I don't know that he was having a what kind of night he was having that night, or where he was been out of shape playing a. I mean, I think the club was full, but it couldn't have been that many people. No, yeah. it wasn't a real big place. It was, you know. It was like a 250 kind of a place, I yeah. feel like. The only crowd work I remember him doing was, uh, uh, so tell me, uh, where are most American cars made? And, of course, <laughs> we all go, Detroit! It's like, you mean Detroit, Rock City? And they went into that. I, I remember being psyched that he was going to play that. I'm like, I had no idea he would play mm-hmm. that. Like, Cole Jin, yeah. he wrote it. That makes sense. The stuff he sang on, that makes sense. <laughs> Deuce You're doing Detroit, Rock sense. City? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you can't sing like Paul, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> No offense, but that's not even really why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so now, and this is because this can vary a lot depending on the night and your expectations and all that. But what was the biggest disappointment on the night? Yeah. The biggest disappointment for me was I wish there was more songs, mm-hmm. right? I, I just uh, wish Ace would have played longer, but he's not the headliner, so you can't expect that. That's right. When I saw him in 90 and then again in 93, he played a little bit longer. and But he also had technically more solo songs, right? Like more, but, more albums to sell, but, yeah. And then, you know, in 87, I didn't know this because I wasn't as big of a Kiss nerd at that point. But now I'm going, oh, my God, you could play stuff off 78, all the stuff you wrote that you didn't mm-hmm. sing. Like you, there was this, all the stuff you could have done. 
and you didn't do it, well, you also didn't have time. So I fully enjoyed everything after Faster Pussycat on both of those shows. <laughs> well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, Faster Pussycat was on the bill when we saw Kiss in 92, and we oh didn't even show up for that. Oh, yeah, good good idea. <laughs> no, we were out on the concourse, good. like, seeing yeah. if we could go get beers or whatever. Like, I'm not subjecting my ears to this, man. I, <laughs> I got to save them for Kiss, because Kiss was so loud. And it was a small place. We saw them at the Daytona Ocean Center, which is, I mean, it's maybe a 10,000 kind of a place with nothing on the floor. So it's G on the floor. We, we got up pretty close, which yeah. it was probably a bad idea for our ears, but we, we were, we were like you back then. Right. I mean, that's the point. You want to get up close to the band. You want to see their faces. You want to that's see right. them hitting the frets with their fingers. You know, yeah. uh, that's, that's why you do it, you know? And I remember being relatively close to ACE, man. I mean, I remember the setup had some places uh, levels were higher than the others. I don't know. I don't remember the station that well. I have vague. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, there were there were no seats at all. Right. And so yeah. yeah, and I think there was yeah there was like the front part, and then like it, it went back a couple of I mean, the bar were, was higher up. I feel yeah, like. and yeah. you could get up there, but then you were farther back. So yeah, I think I remember we were fairly close. All right. So how many times have you seen Ace? solo and then how many times you've seen him with kiss roughly yeah so i saw these two shows in 87 saw Mm -hmm. the two shows in 90 yeah saw the one show in 93 Mm -hmm. swore him off forever and then (laughs) saw him at and then saw him at creatures fest because he happened to be there right right uh, (laughs) that was brutal by the pool wasn't he by the pool or he's outside yeah yeah i saw him outside (laughs) and inside he did both shows and yeah with Kiss, I saw him when they came back on the reunion tour twice. Mm-hmm. I saw him at Dodger Stadium on the first Psycho, uh, Psycho Circus show. Got it. And then I saw him twice on the Farewell Tour. All right, so that's a good 10 times you've seen him live yeah. one yeah, way or right. the other. And, yeah. 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 Well, how about you, Jackson? You, you never saw him again solo, right? No, that was it. And then just the one time at the Garden for that first reunion tour. Gotcha, yeah. And I guess I saw him, I honestly don't know if it was three or four times when he was back with Kiss, but I went ahead and broke down. It was about six years ago or five years ago. He played downtown here at Louisville. And I went and I'm like, okay, he's sober now. So this is going to be better, right? And it was, except I feel like the set list was like classic hits the first five or six. Then there was like an hour of stuff that was like covers and some of the new stuff that I didn't really like. And I remember leaving before the end. It's like, I don't want to sit here another half an hour to wait for him to get, because I've seen him do it, right? So it's yeah. not like I've waited my whole life to see Ace and I'm finally going to do it. I just wanted to see how he was. He looked pretty good. He played fine. He didn't sing great, but that's not what you're there for. But I just I remember like, you know what, that's because I swore off Kiss until I had a little child who loved Kiss. And I'm like, fine, I will take you to see Kiss. I'm not going to see Kiss, but I've checked that box. I've given them their money. I've seen them better than they are now, so I'm not going anymore. And that's certainly the way I feel about Ace now. I mean, I you know, if Ace was across the street, I would go. If he plays downtown, maybe I'll go. But I'm not chasing Ace Fraley, that's for sure. (laughs) He played 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now, and I did not go. Recently? I mean, like in the last year or so? Yeah. In the last year. Yeah. He has deteriorated. The Creatures Fest was so bad. Mm. Was so bad. 
I remember afterwards, I'm like, between Vinny and Ace, I'm just like, what is going on? What am I here for? <laughs> and I just, unfortunately, he's deteriorating his legacy a bit. And mm. that's unfortunate. There is no way he is sharing this stage with Kiss. There is no Not way. Not capable, yeah. If all so, or Gene are seeing anything that's out there. There is no way that's happened. When you said he's, it's bad, is it? Is it the playing? Is it the singing? Is it both? Does he just seem like he doesn't it's, care anymore? He's always been a little, like, I, I, I almost want to say like a half beat behind. Yeah. Like he always seems to be. Now he's like a full beat behind. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> and it's just, at times it's like, dude, what? What song are you playing? Because I think the other guys are on a different song. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then knowing the guys, and the guys are great, right? All the guys that he's got now. But he doesn't practice with them. Right. He doesn't go to sound check. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do any of that stuff. So it's like we're kind of getting what you're putting into it. Hmm. And that is Ace's legacy. He he may be a few different kind of caholics, but workaholic yeah. is not one of <laughs> uh, them. No, <laughs> not at all. You know, and like when he got back with Kiss in '96, like, why do we need to practice? I need the songs like the back of my hand. And Paul's like, Yeah, no, you don't. You could watch film of him. Paul shakes his head, No, no. Like they're in the middle of practice. Like that's not right. You know. So yeah, no, he thinks he knows, but you know, he's like, all I got to do is show up. Yeah, they're coming to see me play. But that's what you and Tom and Zeus have been saying for a while now. He is starting to really damage his own legacy going out this way. And you're right. He was always kind of a half beat behind, but that was very ace. And it seemed right. intentional, even though I'm sure right. it wasn't. It seemed that way because he always pulled it off. Now it's like, yeah, Derek Sherinian put out a video. It's like, I went to the Berkeley School of Music, and I know different time signatures, but I don't know what the hell this is. You know? yeah. It was like, and oh, my God, dude, he's calling you out on the internet, and it's obvious. you know. And I did something I literally never do. So Creatures Fest, I was like, all right, I've never met Ace. I've met Gene. I've met Eric Singer, met Tommy Thayer, met Bruce Kulik. I never got a chance to meet Eric Carr, and I've never met Paul, right? Mm -hmm. So... And I've never met Peter, never had a reason to. So right. I had a chance to meet Ace and I'm like, all right. So I bought the thingy to meet him and was going to. And then the day of, I gave my ticket to Joe Polo. I'm like, I, I don't, after seeing him live last night, mm -hmm. I don't think I can go talk to this guy. And I don't want to ruin, I don't want to meet that hero. I'm good. Right. Gotcha. Yeah pictures all over this place i got a statues all over this place mm -hmm. i got makeup non-makeup sign stuff i got everything ace has ever done is in this room good enough for me i don't need to meet the guy you didn't buy his 3500 hundred dollar sock on his website no, no no that's not me it's got a certificate <laughs> of authenticity sonny yeah yeah i'm sure it does that's that's not really me and you know <laughs> I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? Who do you, why do you feel bad for? Just because of what's happening, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's all being chronicled on YouTube. That's the, the guys, the end. Yeah. That's a problem, right? The end of his legacy. I'm sure Coverdale would probably deal with this, but he's not out there doing it. That's right. So he doesn't have to worry about <laughs> it. And because there weren't a lot of cameras, when he was actually pretty decent when you saw exactly. him in 87, still together. Yeah it's not like but don't look at this today stuff look at the stuff from back then there's not anything from back then you know so and there's tons of stuff from now whenever it's like 
and you know how hateful our culture is anyway. Yeah. They, they don't they don't want to put up something great. They want to put up something horrible that people can say, "Ooh, he sucks," you know. So that's that's kind of sad. But I mean, as far as because you've seen him over the years now, over the decades, how did this that first show rank versus all the other shows? Was that the best you ever saw him? And it only got worse. Was Oakland a little better? Except that he fell off the stage. It was ninety? <laughs> was ninety? I mean, I mean ninety when he fell off the stage. 93, any of it? 87 shows were the best because they had Todd. And none of the other shows I saw had Todd. And if you had a chance to listen to the the bootleg that I sent you. I did. Todd's voice in the background vocals is so loud, right, that it's just pleasing to the ear. Mm -hmm. Scarlett didn't really ever have that. And nobody that he's had since then really had that. So to me, yes, Fraley's Comet is ace, but it's really ace and Todd. There mm-hmm. isn't really a Fraley's Comet to me that isn't ace and Todd. Gotcha. Well, gotcha. You, you, you mentioned that you sent us those the bootleg recordings. What I really liked about it was you could hear the people in the in the uh, audience. Because usually like yeah. if you hear a live record, there's a little bit of like, you know, cheering and then they kind of cut it yeah. down and they go into you can hear the people like making comments and you know what's yeah. going on. It definitely makes you feel like you were actually there versus a, a produced live album. Yeah, and I'm not much for bootlegs and all that. I don't have a ton of it. Mm-hmm. But uh a friend of mine sent me like Jesus. I think it was two or three gigs of all these kiss and uh, kiss family tree type bootleg things. And I'm not listening to all of it because nobody could sit down and listen to that many gigs, but, <laughs> right. but the shows I was at, right. It's totally different. Like sure. I want to hear those. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, that did happen. Absolutely. No, I would always buy a bootleg or, you know, a couple official live albums were actually attended, you know, have been released, yeah. but I would always buy that. And I remember I went to see, the Almond Brothers one summer and like instant live. You can get CDs of the show right right after the show or five bucks if you wanted us to mail to it, mail it to you. I'm like, yeah, do that because I'm not hanging out after an hour after the show waiting for yeah. CDs. I'll, I'll get it later. But like, why doesn't everyone do this? And obviously some people, you know, Ace these days probably shouldn't be doing that. But some <laughs> people, more people should be doing it than they are. Do you think it's yeah. because they don't want to, I don't know, they don't want that stuff all over the internet. They don't want it unproduced out there because you never know what you're going to get from night to night. Yeah. Reality is it's all on YouTube anyway. So what's the difference, right? I, I would have loved that in the early two thousands, but now if I, there's no way I'm missing winery dogs if they came. Cause I just mm-hmm. saw them a few months ago, but if I miss them, I'm like, oh, all I gotta do is wait like three days and I just watch it on YouTube. The whole thing will be there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm somebody. Yeah. All right. So what did you guys do? After the show, I mean, probably not drinking hard, but did you go back to the house and jam out? Did you just no, to because you had to go to work the next day? Yeah, so for uh, I was in junior college, so the Tuesday night we would have probably just drove back and we would have had to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Friday night we most likely hung out, and a lot of times if we went to a show on Friday or Saturday night, we would hang out after the show. And just wait till people got out of the parking lot and just say hi to friends and stuff, right? Because mm. you might not have saw them. Or it's like, oh, hey, you're here too. Or you just, you know, you see people start talking about what they saw at the show and it was awesome. And so it's almost like what you have on social media now, but it's happening all live and live. kind of in front of you. Yeah. And we're just all kids, right? So we're just, we're still getting to know people and we're trying to make contacts. And we don't know if, you know, this music career we got thinking about is going to take off. So, 
where we're trying to be around. Were you putting flyers on all the cars? Like, come see us? (laughs) I never really got to that point because the band went farther and they did it later on. But I I bowed out early when I realized I really didn't have any talent and I need to stick to what I can do. Yeah. 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 I I was so good. Anyway, I was not good. I was not. Uh, <laughs> any regrets? I mean, aren't, aren't you glad you got to see him at least that good then versus how many other times you've seen him was like, oh, God, what's he doing? Oh, yeah, no regrets at all because I can, you know, just like you said about, hey, I've seen the kiss I want to see and maybe this kiss you see now is not the same. You know, I saw the I saw the kiss I wanted to see on the Asylum tour. Saw it on the Hot and Shade tour. Saw mm-hmm. it in the clubs before they started Revenge. Like I saw the kiss I wanted to see. Yeah. And probably the last time I saw it to where I would have paid for it over and over and over was Dodger Stadium in '98. That's about the last time I would have probably paid for it over and over. Yeah. How about you, Jackson? Pretty psyched that we got to see him when he was still oh, absolutely Ambular yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Correct. And and to hear, you know, to, to hear him do a couple of his songs that he wrote with the band. But I remember seeing the, the when they did it at Madison Square Garden, the smoking guitar and the light up guitar. Those are the two big things that I wanted to see up close. It's one thing to see it, you know, a million rows away, but to see right. it so close that you could almost, I mean, we couldn't, but almost touch it. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just the, the fact that it was in such a small arena too. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't really know at that point in time, like, you know, uh, I don't know what the, the capacity was that he would usually play, but that just seemed like it was really small. So it was cool to see him in that venue. Yeah. Uh, that That's what I remember. Like, you know, you, you'd seen this on TV, you'd seen him in his makeup, you know, maybe in front of 50,000 people or something like that doing this amazing thing. That's the most rock and roll thing in the whole world, the smoking guitar. Mm -hmm. And then it flies away. And then the marquee one, you know, uh, I know it was kind of the dynasty guitar and a lot of people like, Oh, that's the disco album. I gotta tell you these days, if I'm going to listen to a kiss record, I put on dynasty most of the time. (laughs) Now, part of that is because I have a nine year old who loves, I was made for loving you. (laughs) And some of the other songs on there. But I, I got to tell you, the diversity of songs, I feel like they've aged well, even though it sounds like I can say I can tell listening to the production, like this was made in late 70s disco era. I can just hear some of those sounds. I still think it sounds great, even compared to like something that I would call a superior album, like a rock and roll over or uh, a de- uh, 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 destroyer. Destroyer. Thank you, Jackson. Mm-hmm, I'd mm-hmm. say I would always rank those higher, but. I don't know, as far as listenability goes, for me, Dynasty is pretty damn good. Yeah, I love Dynasty. I love Unmasked. If I'm going to go to a makeup album, I'm usually at Dress to Kill. I love Dress to Kill. Yeah. And it still sounds raw, and it still sounds powerful. Uh, A lot of the times I go to 80s Kiss, and I start right at Asylum usually, but uh, because that's my favorite Kiss album. Asylum is, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Out of, I mean, makeup or non-makeup. That's right. Put them all together. Yeah, that's my first tour. Right. So it all is mm. when you, you know, what, like his floor you got on at on the elevator or whatever mm-hmm. he says. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, though, you know, for all the things Ace is or is not, he was the most successful out of that band going solo. Mm-hmm. He made it work, right? Like to be in a band where Paul is your front guy. Yeah. And then now you got to go be the front guy. He made it work with what he had. It's true. Right. And I'll tell you, even. When the reunion tour came around, I can't, it's hard not to watch Paul or Gene 
It really is like when all four guys are doing their thing. If you want to watch Ace, Paul and Gene are doing so many things. It's really hard to just watch Ace. I know. And yet I still wanted to. Yeah, me too. I, I couldn't help it. And, and it's like, I've seen Kiss before. Maybe not without the, with the makeup, but I mean, I, I've seen Kiss. And to see Ace in the makeup, it was just special. And yeah, I want to follow him around. I'm also trying to follow him and see if he's going to fall, you know, to be <laughs> honest with you. Seriously. Yeah, say, you want to see him stagger around. Like, you're like, oh, here he goes. Oh, wait, no. That's he, what he does. He back. And yes, Gene is fantastic with the blood and the skulking around and all that kind of stuff. And yes, Paul is a great front man, a, a super rock star. He can jump in those shoes. At, the, at his age, that's a miracle. It, he's in great shape. And Ace is like, I'm like he's going to fall. It's going to fucking fall. Watch. It's going to happen. <laughs> but he never did when I saw him all those times. And wow. you know, they gave him... I mean, I saw him do a few different... Yes, they had to do New York Groove quite a bit, but they let him do 2000 Man some. They, he did do, like, Shock Me and, and you know, got to mix it up a little bit over the years. It's kind of like, you know, Keith Richards always gets a couple songs. Ace always gets a couple. Uh, and I was, to me, while the, the kind of just casual Kiss fans, that's when they go get a beer. For me, that's appointment watching. Like, that's kind of why I'm there, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Who was the last person you saw fall on stage? For me, Oni Logan. Remember, you know who Oni Logan is? From Lynch Mob. From Lynch Mob. So mm -hmm. he's looking down because after 25 years of singing these goddamn docking songs, he still doesn't know the words. <laughs> so he's looking down at the screen to read the words to oh, shit. what tooth and nail, <laughs> steps back and trips over the mic cable and falls on his ass. Nice. I'm trying to think if I if I if I've ever seen anybody fall off the stage or not. Huh? I don't think so. It must have happened. I mean, over 200 shows, somebody must have sometime. It's mm. just I'm not recalling it, and you, I think that would stand out to me. You know? Yeah. yeah. No. We were watching Kingdom Come at a pre-show party for a Monsters of Rock. Keith St. John is singing. He decides to run to the guitar player. He had these boots on. Slips. Ooh. Almost slid right off the stage. Oh my my wife gets up like it was our son going to jump back. <laughs> Is he okay? Help him! Stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, you're cracking up. <laughs> and it just seems like, although I'm sure at an arena show, there's going to be people who are out of it, drunk. Some guys are fighting. You know, falling. It just seems like. I bump into those people at small theater shows more often than not. It's like, God, it's like, you think I bump into a bunch of them in an arena show and they're like, cause there'll be more of them, but it's no, there's only one or two. And for whatever reason, they're within five feet of me, you know, and the, the ones who are screaming for, you know, please shock me from the first time he sets foot on stage for the next hour. Shock me, you know, one of those people. They're always like, and they want to be my friends. I don't know why. Do I have that look about me like, hey, I, I like fucking drunken <laughs> morons. <laughs> I don't get it. No comment. <laughs> well, you used to live with me for a reason there, Jackson. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. <laughs> Son of a... Hi, guys. This is Chris Slade, drummer of ACDC and many others. And you're listening to the ugly, I mean, really ugly, Werewolf in London. <laughs> so who are you going to see 
here the rest of the fall there, Sonny Pudi. I saw I was going to invite you down to see Dirty Honey, and then I'm like, well, Dirty Honey's playing up by him. Why would he come down and see him with me? Yeah, I uh, my next show because I got I mean work is getting stupid busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next show is Toby Mac. I'm seeing him at the Yum Center. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. He's playing uh, I think November third or fourth. Oh wow! So I'm going to see that show. And then I've got a Monsters of Rock cruise coming up in uh, early March. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always big. You do that every year, don't you? I've done it. Uh, I think this will be my seventh or eighth one, maybe. Who's cool. on it this year? Um, there's a plethora of bands all mm. the time. But uh, let me give you an idea. Joe Satriani, yeah. The Darkness, Extreme, Winger, Ace, KK's Priest. Except Queens Riot, Quiet Riot, YNT, Glenn Hughes, April Wine, TNT, Crazy Licks, Slaughter, British Lion, Firehouse, Vixen, Heat, Armored Saint, Pat Travers, Ass Pollution, Soto, Dangerous <laughs> Toys, Liz, uh, Lizzie Borden, Enough's Enough, ugh, Spread <laughs> Eagle, Black and Blue, oh God, Joel Holtra, <laughs> Richie Cotson, Bang Tango, Tough, Jesus Christ, yeah. Heaven's Edge, Paradise Kitty, Kalito. And uh, Crash Diet and Treat. Mm. Hosted by Eddie Trunk. Always. Here's a shock. Oh, and Ted yeah. Poley just got added. So, well, that's cool. I mean, the, you know, there's, I mean, some of the, <laughs> I love listening to your review on it because there's some you are going to miss no matter oh, yeah. what, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I would never go see them. Like, I've got a few minutes. Fine. I'll go gamble or I'll go yeah. see, I'll, I'll do some social media shit. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. go see Dangerous Toys or, you know, whoever it is. Yeah. I'm sitting there playing cards. And Timey walks out of, he must have just done a show. From Faster Pussycat, yeah. for those listening at home. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got the towel wrapped around his neck, and he is sweat from top to bottom. And all I could think about is, you work so hard to sound so shitty. Why? <laughs> Why do you work so hard? You, can, you don't have to work that hard to sound how you sound it. Because he understands he's got to give up a show of some sort. <laughs> he's like, I know I don't sound good, so I got to do something to entertain these people, right? So I'm going to hop around, you know, whatever I'm going to have to do, do my crowd work. See, God this bless is him. how an album review crew, a band starts taking a beating. Because we'll bring a band up and then we can't let the band go. <laughs> yep. I love listening to you guys rip people apart so much more than I like you say, oh, I love this song. It's so good. It's more like, oh, these guys suck out loud. I can't believe I wasted like 10 minutes of my eardrums on this goddamn band, you know. Uh, but some of these, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I wouldn't walk across the street to see Winger, dude. You know, like, and they're a pretty big band. I know they're one of the bigger ones. But, like, if I'm on a boat, I've never seen April Wine all Canadian people tell me you got to see April wine. Yeah, so I would, yeah. if I was there, I would check them out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's no reason not to. Yeah. So what I do in those bands is they'll be playing, let's say at the Royal theater, I'll walk in and I'll be standing just inside the doors. I did this for uh, Tom Kiefer and I listened to a song and I'm like, yep, that's still Tom Kiefer. Turn around and left. <laughs> so you can leave anytime you want. That's right. Casinos open. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, all right. Never going to see Kiss again. Never going to see Ace again. By choice. You would never go see Kiss again? I. They're playing here in two days, and I'm not going. Are they they're there playing in two Cincinnati days? two or three days. They're right here, and I'm not going. I've seen them enough. Like, if, if Nicole wanted to go, I'd go, my wife. Mm-hmm. If one of the kids wanted to go, I'd go. They're not here. 
Yeah. Uh, Nicole saw him once. She said that was enough. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there'll be friends there I could go say hi to, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just I have a reason to go. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I hear you. I am taking the wolf cub one more time. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, look, I took her when she was four. Yeah, she she yeah, loved yeah. it, but she was four. I, I took her when it was five. You know, in London, like, hey, I'm taking see kiss in London. Yeah, it, you know, she 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 had to leave before the end. Now she's nine; she'll remember it. Yeah. This will be her kiss show, and I'm happy to take her. But but that's like, I mean, that's Thanksgiving weekend. That's like right before the last. You know, the shows in MSG that the boys are going to go see. So yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't go see them and like, what if they took the makeup off and did an acoustic show? Would you ever be interested? Like in Vegas, would you ever do something yeah. like that? I'd do it just to be in Vegas oh, and i check I it you. out, right? I've mm-hmm. seen them acoustic. They played at a casino in San Bernardino, California, like uh, probably 2015. They were doing okay. some acoustic shows and I've seen that and that's fun. Because I don't need the big bombastic show and right. acoustic. You guys know, like you could drop the key to whatever you need to drop it to, and it sounds great. Yeah, right? exactly. You can change, uh, you can change uh, the melodies a little bit if you need to, and those always feel a little more fun to me, anyway. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, all right, look, they've done this, Paul. You know, you're piping something in there. You know, they've got all this bombast. We've seen the explosions. It's great. Yeah. But what if they changed it? But if it was just yeah. different, and like you say, you can tune it down. They can slow it down if they want to. Yeah. I might see that. I, I Honestly, I, I years ago I said I would never see Kiss again. Children make you do things that you never thought you would do, right? Yeah, I mean, course. we all know that. Yeah. It's yeah. all part and of if it. There's, and if there's a Kiss 2.0, oh, I'm there. Because I want to see what Kiss 2.0 is. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm 100% there. 100%. Any thoughts on that? Uh, my thing is, you know... I doubt that either Eric or Tommy would be involved, right? And if it's going to be somehow licensed by whatever Gene and Paul are doing, then you would Mm -hmm. think we're going to have pretty talented folks. But I would want to see what it is because Mm -hmm. I want to see how this legacy lives on. Can it? Yeah. Yeah, with, with you're talking about with, there would be nobody from the original band. That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So then it's just it would just be a very expensive cover band then. Yeah. Yeah. And are they good enough to do what they need to do? Mm-hmm. interesting i i think i have to draw the line there they yeah i mean i i think there's some bands that maybe if i had not seen them and all the originals were gone i i don't know i don't know especially with kiss man it, it would be a vegas thing right mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, or yeah, a vegas kind of thing but what if it like i enjoy the bruce, bruce kulik band every time bruce is up there he's doing stuff and it sounds absolutely amazing so if you're going to do something like that, that's worth go see. Yeah, no, look, Bruce Kulick, yes, Todd Dammit Kearns, go see those guys for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could put together a killer Kiss 2.0. You you could get some really talented people to yeah. do that. You and and it would make sense for Vegas. I just I can't imagine I'm just going to spend my money on that to be honest. I mean, I I was ready to stop spending my money on Real Kiss in 2002 or 2003, whatever that was, right? Yeah. Am I going to spend that on completely fake players? Like it's just a cabaret, basically. I, I would rather support a band or, you know, several bands, right? That are yeah. up and coming, you know, that I could buy their records and, and they're going to be doing new stuff in the future. That's that's just where I come out. I mean, I'd be curious to see it. But as far as like, am I going to chase it? No way. Nah, I don't think so. What about you, Jackson? I, I feel the same way. 
it's just to me it would you're right it's just a it's just a cabaret it's just a facsimile of the real thing i mean that's all yeah. they would be doing they would be playing they would probably be playing the songs note for note exactly how you remember them so i mean probably not now the acoustic thing maybe especially if they threw in some songs from you know the back catalog mm-hmm. yeah i don't know all right well any any final thoughts on on ace fraley or his legacy as a as a rock and roll guitar player. You know he is, and we all know, one of the most inf- influential rock and roll guitar players Ever. in history. Easy. Right when Rolling Stone releases 250 best guitarists, does he need to be on the list? Probably not. Like he's quirky about how he plays, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know the when and when and when and when and when and when it's like okay. After a while, like if you're if you're trying to be a super duper guitar player, it's hard to t- kind of take Ace seriously at times. Mm-hmm. All that being said, dude, Ace is my guy. There is no way <laughs> my entire life I will not, I will never stop listening to Ace's music. Yep, because I grew up with it and I got into it late. Right. Yep. And that's right. Trouble Walking, except for the 78 album, is my favorite Ace album, right? So I love that album. Even though Todd's not on it, there's some great songs on that album that are like on my gambling playlist. I love it. I agree, man. It's it's underrated. I mean, I think yeah. people just saw Ace the way he looked uh, and the way that the, the other albums had gone. It's like, okay, he's not really, he doesn't have it. But I'm like, no, this, this is actually pretty good, yeah. you know, so... I'm with you there. When are we ever going to see a show together, man? We got to figure one out. I mean, you get a lot of stuff through Cincinnati. You get more there than I get down here. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. I just got to get uh, past this holiday and yeah, should be good. All right, bud. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing the show with us, and thanks for. I'm glad you're on Pantheon with us now. We have more excuses to kind of connect a little bit on the on the network. Who knew you could make new friends in, in your movie? <laughs> this age? Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Right, you figure you're going to stick with the friends you got, and that's it. And then you run into these folks. It's amazing. It's all music. Everything else in my life, all the work I did in my life, mm-hmm. everything else I did in my life, is not creating the friendships that seem to be getting created by goddamn, you know, Steve roll. Vai yeah. and Iron Maiden. I know, I know. It's absolutely true. You know, that's that was the thing that we didn't see coming as part of this show. Was yeah. we we did it so we can connect more. We are old friends, but we grew apart and didn't communicate. Didn't have a falling out. It's just we don't yeah. we don't write letters. We <laughs> never did social media until yeah. we started the show. Me neither. You know, and I still hate it. I mean, I do it because I must, but I I still don't like social media much. But so you know, we we didn't know we were going to be able to build this community and now have, even though we've never really had a meal or a drink or anything together, have yeah. friends. Yeah. I call them friends. We have similar interests. We talk together. Uh, we stay in touch. That's a friend, you know, and it's like people yeah. who I used to work with and all we had was work. Nope. Maybe we're connected on LinkedIn, but we don't, we don't yeah. talk, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the passion and the knowledge and the want to exchange this stuff. That's what kind of I think brings a lot. And a lot of the Pantheon people are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy to think about that. Like, you know, talk to somebody who is a complete stranger that we've had on the show and in, yeah two minutes it's like you've known them your whole life right yeah yeah and it's the hobby that connects you right mm-hmm. because if we start talking about the jobs we do for a living 
and there's 10 of us sitting there, Snooze. most likely mm -hmm. all 10 of us do a different style job. Yep. So we don't really know what each other is really even doing or how big of an impact they're making in the world or whatever. Right now, you know, we, you know, I got friends that they're firemen. I mean, they're literally yeah. saving people for a living. Thank God I don't do that because I wouldn't know how to do that. Right. right? <laughs> that sounds hard. <laughs> but then you get 10 people in a room. There will be a band that connects them, whether it's KISS or Van Halen, goddamn one friend group, it was Candlebox, of all people, right? Oh, like, right. it was wow. like a weird band, right? Because there was all these different ages that were all sitting there, right? So now you're talking about your hobby? You talk about that all night. Mm -hmm. That's right. No, that's what the passion comes from. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I tell me something real and rock and roll brings people together like like nothing else in the whole world, right? I mean, you've said this before on the show, but why don't you tell our listeners your show, where to find you, socials, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Easiest place to find me is growinguprock.com. I'm also on Twitter, I'm on Facebook too. There's uh Shout It Out Loudcast. I do album review crew once a month there, and then Podcast Rock City. I'm on a Kiss podcast every week live. Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. So um, somebody wants to find me. I'm usually pretty easy to find. Usually I get notes going, do you have a job? Like, you're on all these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Really, all I do is answer the phone when somebody calls. That's that's it. That's all I do. And it's, sometimes it's hard to get people to answer the phone. Yeah, true. But you're at Poony Sunny on Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah, so just so people yeah. know. yeah. Because I didn't have any social media until 2017. And then I went to go do it, and somebody already had Sonny Pooney. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just make it backwards. All right, my brother. Hey, keep rock alive, man. Keep doing your thing. And uh, we'll find an excuse to get together up and down 71 here at, uh, at some point, man. Yeah, yeah. Keep in touch when you're going to shows, and I'll let you know if I can make it. Sounds good, my man. See you later, Sonny. Jackson. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I was going to ask you, how did the Bronx affect your music even to this day? Is that still part of it? Uh, I still carry a switchblade. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we thank our friend Sonny Pooney for coming on the show and talking about the first time he saw the legendary Ace Fraley, best known of KISS, but as a solo artist. And what that meant to him as a kid growing up in the Bay Area, getting into KISS, his first records were KISS. He became a huge KISS fan. Heck, he's got a live KISS podcast on Sunday nights, right? Pot of Thunder. So getting him to tell his story about seeing Ace the first time uh, was meaningful for us. And yeah, it was one of the first concerts that Jackson and I ever saw together while we were in college. We had the opportunity to see KISS without Ace. And so when Ace was coming, it was like, we had to jump on that. We, we had to go see him. Of course, we were still pining for the big KISS reunion at that point, which eventually did happen. And we talk a little bit about that on First Concert Memories 1, is that was Zeus's first time. Time to ever see Kiss live. But I hope you're enjoying this First Concert Memories sidecast, as we call it. It's about once a month, coming out about the first of the month, talking to somebody about when they saw a live band that really changed their lives. It was a big deal for them. We love Sonny. Definitely check out Growing Up Rock with he and Steve and Michael. They are our Pantheon brothers. And definitely check out PantheonPodcast.com. There's over 100 shows. There's all sorts of different music. There's definitely something in there for you. And go visit our sponsor, rarevinyl.com. Use the code UGLY. They've got some A stuff. They've got a lot of KISS stuff, a lot of KISS stuff from all corners of the world, some hard-to-find stuff, at least for American fans. And we encourage you to go check that out. Use that code UGLY. Save yourself 10%. It'll be a month before we do another first concert memories, and I don't even know who we've got lined up for that. 
But you can check out The Ugly American Werewolf in London weekly. Our shows come out Thursdays, and you can get them wherever you get your podcasts. Please download and subscribe wherever you get those podcasts. And if you're thinking about it, folks, please take a little time. Give us a positive review. It just helps us find more rock and roll fans like you. So keep going to see live music. It's what you could do to help keep rock alive. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.